Welcome to Required Readcast. Hey guys, we're just jumping right into things. I'm Jessica Austin. And I'm Lauren Ballman, and it's a lovely spring day. It's a lovely spring day, which is apropos for a midsummer night's dream. We're trying to distract the dogs with Kongs. It is not working. Did you guys just hear that sound? That was Ch- Titus the Chihuahua wheezing. It sounded like a wee pig. It sounded like Wilbur had entered the apartment. It's the gruntiest little snort ever. These dogs Uh, are out of control today. But yeah, springtime, you know, fairies, obviously, and Midsummer Night's Dream. And lovers wanting to bang. Yeah, exactly. I think if there's any time of the year that people are people, birds, bunnies. Especially the day before Easter, which is what today is. It is the day before Easter. Yeah, um, by the time you listen to this, you'll be chock full of whatever ham and candy you eat because those are the two things that go together on Easter for some reason. We're serving steamed hams. Sorry. <laughs> Even though they are obviously grilled. <laughs> uh, uh, I was at the grocery store getting us snacks for today, and I could not find any Cadbury mini eggs. Um well, that's funny you should mention it because I consumed about half a bag last night. Great. So um, they've all been sold or sold out of all stores because you bought of, them all? Yeah, most of them are in my apartment because I stockpiled. <laughs> They're so, so good. So I'll bring some over next time. No, I really, I only, only bought one bag. Did you get the shimmery ones? Or I the, did not. They I just got great. regular. They're delicious. Are the shim, do they taste the same? They're just shimmery? They're just sparklier. So they've. Does someone spray glitter on them? Yeah, they're... You probably shouldn't eat that. They're, they're uh, for going out. Those are your going out mini eggs. <laughs> your you raven d- mini eggs. <laughs> when you go to the club, you bring in a fucking regular Cadbury mini egg. That's no good. No, you need shimmery ones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I do find uh, Easter candy to be some of the most delicious of candies. It's the tasty candies. When we get to adaptations, speaking of in the club, I have to talk to you about a, a midsummer adaptation I saw when I was just out of undergrad in New York. It was oh, batshit crazy. No. I can imagine that of all the Shakespeare plays, there's probably been some really fucking weird versions of midsummer because you could do a whole lot of crazy stuff. So yeah, I will talk about this uh, adaptation <laughs> in a second. But um yeah, we uh, no, we've, we've um, conquered, if you could say that, Shakespeare once on this podcast when we did Romeo and Juliet, and so we thought it was time, well, first of Let's all, be we honest. were really trying to just look for something positive that wasn't going to make us want to die, like oh, a lot of the books we've been reading lately, so um, that was a lot harder to do than we thought it would be. Yeah, I know at the end of 1984, we're like, we'll do the next pick in Les Mis. And both of us were just like... We can't. Everything is so sad right now. Yeah, we can't do it. Um, and so Jess brought up, well, why don't we do Midsummer? And I thought that was a great idea because at least it's just fun. We haven't done a play yet this season either. No, it's, it's true. like our annual Shakespeare... It's our little annual Shakespeare festival. Yeah, and mm-hmm. a good contrast to Romeo and Juliet, obviously. What I think is really funny is that Romeo and Juliet and Midsummer Night's Dreams are the two plays that that touring Shakespeare in the parking lot thing, the Denver Center that I used to yes. do. We didn't do this on purpose. It no. just happened to be that way. Um, but but I think there is something to be said about they really are two of probably the two most popular. Well, it's not a coincidence that we're taking schools. those two plays to schools and yeah. you and I do books that we had to read in school. So, of course, it yep. kind of all fits in. Yeah, I mean, this one is really accessible on a lot of grade levels. Although I'd like to think that Shakespeare made a lot of his character names based on hoping that uh, teenagers would be reading them because they're funny to kids. Like, bottom. 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 I remember in, I remember in school with... Titania, because people were like, <laughs> Titania. Well, because it has the word tit in it. Yeah. And teenagers are dumb. Can I just vent for a second that every time I walk into a classroom and the teacher is pronouncing it Titania, I just want to yell, but I don't yell because I'm like, I can't disrespect this teacher in front of her class who's been pronouncing a character's name wrong the entire time. For the entire or time. Or What if I had walked in here today and was like, so Titania said. I would have let you do it for the entire episode, and then at the end, I would have recorded a very special message just by myself, and I would have been like, you guys, Lauren said the name wrong for an hour and a fucking half. And but I didn't do but anything. She, but she knows it's tit. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom, tit. Bottom, tit. Hernia. No. Uh, not. Puck. Puck. Anyway. Any hoozles. Midsummer Night's Dream <laughs> by William Shakespeare. It was written from 1595 to 1596, so it's very, very old. 
But I think that this is just one of the most obviously funny Shakespeare plays. Yeah, and it, it genuinely is. I mean, I think that the scenes with, with the dudes who are performing Pyramus and Thisbe, mm-hmm. really great comedy. Yep, and the lovers, like the the the... When I read this for the first time in high school and they did the juice on people's eyes, I was like, oh my God, it's so funny. Like, it was yeah. sitcom level hilarious. Well, and, and compared to some of his other comedies, the bits are really, they're straightforward and it's like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to put the potion on these people's eyes. They're going to wake up. This will happen. I turn this guy into this thing. Like, everything is pretty streamlined. I, it doesn't get as convoluted as some of... Like, who's this person now? And they're dressed like a man, and they're this and they're that. I feel mm-hmm. like this one's pretty straightforward. Well, and I, I really hate to get improv this fast, but it's almost a herald. Three plot oh, lines yeah. that kind of weave together, um, and they're separate, but we they do start to come together, and by the end, we've got them all mashed up. Like, Does this mean that William Shakespeare was actually the original creator of the Herald instead of Del Close. It means William Shakespeare is reincarnated as Del Close. Oh, even better. Even better. Who's going to be, who's he going to come back as? And, okay, wait, is Del Close? Holy shit, wait, hold on a second, because Del Close, when he died, had that skull placed in I.O., and the, it all can go back to Hamlet. You guys can't see my face right now, but it's going, oh my God, like my jaw is dropped and my eyes are really You guys, big. Del Close was the reincarnated spirit of William Shakespeare. So that means you that heard it here first. Somewhere right now, there is a baby who's probably the reincarnative, wait, reincarnated spirit of Shakespeare and Del Close is now in a baby somewhere. Yes. Oh. And that baby's going to be that baby real funny. It's going to be real funny. <laughs> I can't wait to see that baby in about 20 years. Yeah, and, and we're going to be old ladies, and mm-hmm. that baby's going to come out and like blow the comedy seat away, and Jess and I are going to get back together to record a special episode and so we can say, I told you so. Let's <laughs> just the stage door that baby and be like, we think you're the reincarnation of <laughs> William Shakespeare and Del Close. He's like, ma'am. <laughs> Man, uh, this is secure. I'm calling security, and there we go. So, so that's uh, <laughs> what's the official summary of this play? Um, you know, people are in love with the wrong people, so a mischievous fairy thinks he's gonna make it right, and it just gets worse. Yeah, I like that neither of us did. Any research about the plot of it? Because we've both read it so many damn times. Well, and let's face it, we'll just talk through the plot. Yeah, but my tweet length summary is... I have to go first because this is always better. Um, (laughs) My tweet length summary is lovers and fairies and amateur actors. Oh, my. (laughs) I like it. Mine is just stay out of the forest. In a nice little homage to my favorite murder. Uh-huh. Not that there's murder in this play, but it seems like all of the mischief happens in the woods. Um, and I just want to point out how jealous I am that Lauren got to go to the live pod of my favorite murder this month. So jealous. You guys, it was insane. Uh, podcast goals, if Jess and I could ever play to a sold-out house of 5,000 people, um, we'd be really excited to do that. So if anyone wants to kickstarter that shit and get us on tour, we'd be happy to, fo- to oblige. Right? Oh, and I was so doubly disappointed because the reason I couldn't go with you is because I'm in a show. Mm-hmm. And my dresser, who um, got the night off to go. But, however, I Upsetting. told her last night, cause, and she was she didn't even like it. Or not, no, wait, no, like she did enjoy the show, but hadn't been a listener before going. Oh. So her friend got her the tickets. But I told her last night that we have a podcast. So oh, good. this means, Amarina, we said your name, which means you have to listen to this and you have to become a true blue murderino now, yeah. now that you've been at the live show. She's called it Bookerino. Bookerino. Yeah, we're just stealing, straight up stealing shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this has been uh, Lauren and Jessica Steal Things. Lauren and Jessica stealing stuff. Anyways, but yeah, we didn't really write down a good, um, I mean, like, Spark Notes has a great one if you just need a basic plot summary. The nice thing about Shakespeare is since it's all public domain, you can read the entire script online. In multiple locations. Yeah. So if you ever need to read a Shakespeare script, don't forget, you can just Google it and you will find it online on the interwebs. And when we did Romeo and Juliet, we covered William Shakespeare, so we don't have to talk about him much. Yeah, you all know about that guy. Yeah, he's an old British guy. Shakespeare! That I like to imagine looks like Adam (laughs) Adam Pascal in leather pants. (laughs) Or uh, Joseph Fiennes. Yes, in uh, Shakespeare and Love. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I think we've covered. Yeah, we Shakespeare covered Shakespeare enough. 
Anyway, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the this damn play. Yeah, we'll go through a synopsis in real time since we were too lazy to write a summary down. So we open in Athens, and this takes place like back in ancient uh, Roman times, great Greek times. Athens is in Greece. Yes, it's true. We begin in ancient Athens because uh, this is in uh, Greece. And, and that's where Athens is. It is, yeah, totally where Athens is. I knew that. <laughs> and everybody, it's, you know, it's, it's a toga time kind of yes. time period. Like, people should be in togas running around, but most adaptations don't have them in those outfits. Right. Um, but the big deal is that the Duke Theseus is getting married to the queen of the, or to an Amazon. Is she the queen? Yes, she's queen of the Amazon. Oh, she just, and he just conquered... The Amazon, so now he gets to marry the queen. Yeah, so he brings home this bride, and they have a lot of poetry talking about when they're going to get married, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. And he's very like, you've seen me in war times, but now I shall impress you with my party times. <laughs> She's like, okay, great. Cool, whatevs. Whatever, you just conquered you, me. You, I mean, you killed all my people, so like, what else am I going to do? I do not have a better option. <laughs> uh, I like when I see the Hippolytus played a little bit like, meh. That would be, I like that too. I like, have you, now, real quick, have you seen many productions where they just double Almost Theseus and Hippolyta? Okay, they seen. normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Like Theseus and Hippolyta are the same as Oberon and Titan. Yeah. I've seen one or two where they don't, um, and eh. And then you just feel sad for the actors because yeah. they have tiny parts. Right. And maybe they come back as, like, fairies in the middle, but you're still, like, eh. Yeah, and it just makes more sense, I feel like, to play it that way. I think it's more fun. Yeah. It's always more fun when you can do more. Totally. But so they're talking about, yay, their wedding party, and uh, in comes Aegeus. Ugh. Ugh. Aegeus is Hermia's dad. Uh, yeah, he kind of sucks. He sucks, because he doesn't want his daughter to marry Lysander, who Hermia loves. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some things you need to think about. Hermia, very short, in love with Lysander, who's a good dude. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have this douchebag, Demetrius, who Helen is in love with. Yes, once upon a time, played by our good friend John Hauser. Hey, John hey, Hauser. Remember how he did douchebag. sound for our last thing? He's oh. also an actor. Uh, and he plays the best douchebag <laughs> He's ever. He's playing douchebags. So uh, John Hauser slash Demetrius is in love with Hermia, too, the short one. And mm-hmm. he wants to marry her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's another chick around named Helena, who's tall and gangly and awkward, I've decided. Uh, and she loves Demetrius, mm-hmm. but he doesn't love her anymore, although they used to date once upon a time. Yes. And Aegeus wants Hermia, his daughter, to marry Demetrius. Did you guys just hear uh, my Oh, Dexter growl? and Jess are going to fight. Um, he wants... <laughs> Dexter's now walking off in shame, which is probably good. Okay. Um, he wants her to marry Demetrius, but as Jess said, she is in love with Lysander, so that's where the first conflict begins because he comes to Theseus and is like, my daughter won't marry the person I want her to marry. And this it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because bet- it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of status difference between Lysander and Demetrius. No, Lysander there? has that, I, I am my lord as well, something yeah. does he. Yeah, yeah so what... It's just a dad being a dick. Yeah, it's just dad being like, do what I tell you. Yeah, like, uh, marry this guy or I kill you. And then Hermia's like, well, I'd rather die than marry Demetrius, so So here's where we're at. Yeah, and so basically the dad is like, all right, great, let's go, I'll have a conversation. Excuse me, the Duke is like, let's go have a conversation. Um, Aegeus, you come with me, and boys, we'll talk later. Um, But they really lay her choices out. Well, great, Hermia. The Duke's a little bit nicer. He's like, you marry the guy your dad loves, and if you don't do that, you're either going to die or we're going to put you in a nunnery forever. Mm-hmm. So those are your options. Yay, women's options. Women's they options. They were great, weren't they? Uh, so <laughs> they all leave, and Hel- Hermia and Lysander are sad together, and they make a plan to go run away. And to- be together anyways. He has a widow aunt. What? He has a widow aunt, which I'm sorry, W-I-D-O-W-A-U-N-T, but when he says it, it sounds like, I have a widow aunt. Oh, or, she's just a widow aunt. She's just a aunt. widow aunt. Oh, my so, widow. Oh, how cute. She sounds adorable. Yes. So, she sounds like she just wants to bake them pies and let them live with her. Which she kind of does, because she's rich and she never had any kids, so they run, decide to go run off. Yep. Unfortunately for them, they tell their plan to Helena. Because Be- they are cray. Because they're cray. So it's a super secret plan. And they're like, Helena, here's our plan. Don't tell anybody. So Helena's like, huh, I really love Demetrius. Maybe if I tell him the plan, he'll love me. 
So Helena's big plan is to tell Demetrius the plan, then know Demetrius is going to go to the forest, and then she's going to follow him, and maybe he'll love her again. Helena. <clears throat> so the next people we meet are the rude mechanicals, um, who are a group of, like, working men in Athens who have, like, tradesman-style jobs. Yeah, and I love them. Just and all the, of them. Their whole thing is, like, we're going to put on a play for the Duke's wedding. Like, there's this... The Duke's like, we're going to have people propose different kind of entertainment, and we'll pick some that'll be fun. And these rude mechanicals, who are pretty, like, low IQ folks, um, pretty basic, don't have a great understanding of how theater works, but they're like, we're going to put on, like, a great play, and we're going to get picked to go before the Duke, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know, and they're just so enthusiastic about it, and they decide they're going to do Pyramus and Thisbe. Which is kind of the story of the Fantastics, for anybody who knows that musical. And it's a little bit Romeo and Juliet-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so star-crossed lovers, they die at the end, blah, 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 blah. So they decide how they're going to put it on. And the important people to know in this are Nick Bottom, the weaver, who thinks he is a fantastic actor. He's the major clown in this play. And then uh, Peter Quince, who... Mm-hmm is just trying to put on a fucking play, and nobody helps. It is the day of the show, y'all. It is the day of the show, y'all. So Peter Quince is like, great, uh, Bottom, you're going to play Pyramus. And Peter, Bottom's like, awesome. And then he keeps assigning other parts. And Bottom's like, I'll play it too. And then keeps giving people notes. And like, it's great. And that's one of the, that's such a classic Shakespeare scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people who know very little Shakespeare know these guys and that whole situation. And some of the other ones, I love their all of their names too. There's mm-hmm. also Robin Starveling, Tom Snout, and Snug. Uh, yeah, they all have these great like kind of oh yeah, Francis Flute. Francis Flute. The flute's important too because he gets some funny stuff. Yes. Um, I think the other ones kind of tend to run together. Sorry, anybody who's played the other ones, but they all kind of just sort of run together. Bottom. I mean, people know Snout because he's the wall. Yeah, and that's really funny. And that whole the chink in the wall part gets really funny later on. And Snug is the lion. So I guess Aww. the only one who sucks is Starveling. Yeah. Who plays Moonshine? Yeah. Who the hell even is Moonshine in Pyramus and Thisbe? Right? My favorite... Sorry to anyone we know who's played Robin Starveling in a production of Midsummer. Sorry, Jenna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the best part about Jenna when she did it is she would get up on top of the truck with a little, like, uh, uh, bobblehead chihuahua because Starveling has a dog. And this dog, my dog. But she's dropped it so many times over the course of the tour that this dog is cracked and broken. Oh, busted up dog. Yes. So Jenna's adorable, but she's startling. So sorry, startlings. So yeah, so they're going to rehearse their play in the forest. They're excited. Yeah, they make a plan to go rehearse the play in the forest. And now we meet Oberon and Titania, <sighs> who are the king and queen of the fairies. And like talking. Can we talk for a hot second about what this whole deal with the changeling child is? Yeah, so they're I fighting. don't get it. Yeah, basically, we, we see this one fairy walking along, monologuing, and then in comes Puck, who's awesome. Yeah, we and all love Puck. We all love Puck. Puck and is probably one of the most popular Shakespearean characters, yep, I would say. we love Puck. Puck is great. And he's got this whole monologue about oh, how Robin great he Robin Goodfellow, is. sorry. Yes, Robin Goodfellow or Puck. Yeah. Um, and tells this whole fairy, like, girl, you gotta get, because uh, <laughs> here comes Oberon. The king doth keep his revels here tonight. Make sure the queen comes out within his sight, because they are fucking fighting over a changeling baby. Uh, it's weird. That's a dumb reason to fight. Yeah. And changeling babies are babies that the fairies have stolen from people? Yeah, and then left right? a fairy baby in its place. <laughs> Not and like they, that. They, they, you. they stole this baby from an Indian queen. And I'm assuming it's a queen in India, not knowing how Shakespeare's choosing to use his words there. So Oberon is all pissed off because Titania stole a baby from an Indian queen. Uh-huh. And, and so does stick it to her. <laughs> Maybe it's an Indian king. I don't know. Point is, yeah, so he's like... So then he's like, well, I know what I'll do about this. I'm going to get some revenge. And he wants the baby. And she's like, I'm not giving you the baby. And he's like, give me the baby. She's like, I'm not giving you the baby. (laughs) That's pretty much the entire first meeting is like speeches. me that baby. No, I'm not giving you the baby. But it's all wrapped in like poetry. So there's like flower metaphor and then give me the baby. Flower metaphor, I'm not giving you the baby. It just goes on and on. Where is the baby's chamber? (laughs) The baby? I want I want Catherine so O'Hara. Sorry. No, no, I want her to play Titania so bad. But as Moira Rose. The baby? <laughs> I would like the baby. <laughs> that would be really Sorry, baby. watch Shits Creek. It's really funny. They just did cabaret. They could do they could do Midsummer oh now God. in the town. Yes, in, please. Shits Creek. Creek needs to do Shakespeare. Oh god. 
so Tatani says, no, I'm not giving you the bebe. And she and her fairies go off to go frolic somewhere and else. And be fairies. Meanwhile, Oberon is like, hey, Puck, I got an idea. <laughs> and then he has this long speech describing where the fuck to find this flower. And Puck's like, yeah, I know where the bank is. You didn't have to talk that long. And then, so basically Oberon's like, go get this flower. And with this flower, the juice makes people fall in love with the first thing they see. So they're like, ha, 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 hilarious plan. Let's go. In come Hermia and Lysander, who have gotten lost and fall asleep. Uh, wait, maybe that in comes Helen and Demetrius first? Yeah, in comes Helen and Demetrius. Yes. And Helena, again, her plan is so good because she's pursuing Demetrius because that's going to make him love her, and he doesn't. He's like, go away, go away, go away. And she's like, no, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm going to follow you. I am your spaniel, and the more you beat me, I will fawn on you. Oh, yeah, that whole scene. So Helena is being pathetic and crawling after Demetrius. Yeah. He's like, I don't like you. And wasn't there... Okay, this is a really weird sidebar, but I remember in high school when we read and dissected this, talking about, um, because there's all the lines she has about how you did me mischief in the wood, and mm-hmm. did you mischief, 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 is... Are, is she trying to infer that Demetrius, like, had his way with her? Well, in the first scene, Lysander says he made love to old Neter's daughter, Helena. So you can infer that he proposed, like, was courting yeah. her, or you can infer that he slept with her. And yeah. I think he fucked her. I think he did, too. That's shitty. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, uh, so thanks for that. I'm going to go fall in love with your friend Hermia instead. Yeah, and I love it in the temple, in the town, in the fields, you yeah. do mischief. So you're, she's like, you fucked me in church? You <laughs> fucked me in town? You, you mischief me-, me all around town. <laughs> so mischief me in the woods, too. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So that that's all happening. And then Oberon sees this and is like, hey, um, you're going to find this flower and put potion on this guy and then Titania's gonna fall in love with him and won't that be hilarious yeah so Oberon feels bad for Helena so he tells Puck <laughs> yeah go do this and the important thing he says is you'll know them by the Athenian garments they have on mm-hmm. um, which turns out because next the, well, then we, now we get our mechanicals again mm-hmm. um, they're putting on the play putting on the play good for them um, and then then now in come Hermia and Lysander who are tired and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So our boy <laughs> one of my favorite things in this play is just oh. the construct of like, I'm walking through the woods, I'm so tired, I'm just gonna lay down and go to sleep. It's gonna lay down right a lot. Here. <laughs> it happens a lot. Like that's just but two that I love Hermia that she's like, No, lay further off, Lysander. You should be far away from me for modesty. And he's like, No, I wanna snuggle. But I feel like snuggling is the better choice in the woods. Uh yeah. Because there could be bears. Yeah, you don't want to be by yourself. Not in bears. Hermia, woods. you're tiny. She, she could be one mouthful. You're real short. She's real small. Yeah. A bear could just be like, humph, humph. Um, so they fall asleep. In comes our boy Puck, and he sees Lysander, and he's like, Athenian garments, I'm going to squeeze some flour. So he puts the juice in Lysander's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, now come in Demetrius and Helena, and they yell again. I might be adding extra Demetrius and Helena scenes, but I also don't really super care. You get the gist of it. They yell at each other a lot. Mm-hmm. So in they come. Demetrius <clears throat> leaves. Helena, sad, she sees Lysander on the ground, and she's like, oh, my God, is he dead? And so she shakes him awake, and boom, he sees her, and guess what happens? Falls in love. Falls in love. And mm-hmm. she's freaked out by it. And she thinks he's she he's making fun of her. That makes me so sad for I her. Yeah, he thinks he, she thinks he's making fun of her, and off she runs, and he's like, she doesn't know Hermia's here. I gotta go. Bye, Hermia. Um, off he goes. Hermia's left alone. In and, the woods. In the woods, and she starts to wander. Um, meanwhile, uh, Oberon notices that Puck has done has put the potion in the wrong person's eyes, mm-hmm. and so he says, you need to find the right person and do it. So Puck's like, fine, I'll put it in Demetrius's eyes too. And then Demetrius wakes up and the first person he sees is also Helena. So now we've got Lysander and Demetrius who are both in love with Helena and chasing her around. She thinks they're both just mocking her. Um, and meanwhile, Hermia, who used to have two dudes in love with her, now has no dudes in love with her. Now it's flip-flops. Yes. And now she's pissed at Helena, too. Mm-hmm. And so poor Helena is just like, what the fuck is going on? And they have this incredible lover's quarrel mm-hmm. where... 
uh, low and little. Lo, oh, but they, they were <laughs> Helena just makes fun of Hermia for being small. Hermia calls Helena painted maypole. Everyone's trying to scratch out everybody's <laughs> eyes. The boys decide to go do a duel. Huck and Oberon are just delighted. They think this is great. This is awesome. Um, and that's kind of the end of that section of the lover's story. Um, but somewhere in there, so all these scenes are overlapping. There's little scenelets all over. So it's all kind of in a Shakespeare blender. Um, because meanwhile, somewhere among all of that, our boys, the mechanicals, are rehearsing their play. Mm-hmm. And Puck stumbles across them and is just like, I'm going to fuck with these guys. Well, this will be fun. Uh, hold on. Hold my beer. I got to go. <laughs> okay. So he, um, he well, while Titania is sleeping, you know, he, he followed the instructions. He put the juice in Titania's eye. But he just so happens to fix a donkey's head on Nick Bottom. So Nick Bottom, Bottom now has an ass's head. Ah, uh, get it? Bottom, yeah. ass. Uh. <laughs> so Bottom's got a donkey's head on his head. Titania wakes up. She sees him. Meanwhile, all of his friends have run away because he looks scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bottom, thou art changed. <laughs> and Titania, he sings to make himself feel less scared and that his singing wakes up Titania. And she's just like, you are the sexiest thing I have ever seen. I'm real into you. I'm real into this donkey head guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, and he's also at some point, was it before or after that, that Puck, like he puts an ant, he puts an um antidote in Lysander's eyes so that Lysander will fall in love with Hermia again. That's pretty much where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. happens like around the same time. Yeah, place. so all these things kind of crescendo because Titania brings Bottom back to her bower, some her little fairy henchmen singing <laughs> some songs for some reason. <sighs> she has so many monologues about fucking flowers. Like, right? Titania, queen of the fairies, Obsessed likes with flowers. to talk about flowers. Um, I've always enjoyed the fairies' names, which are Peas Blossom, Cobweb, Moat, and Mustard Seed. Mm, they're adorable. Oh, so cute. So, yeah, uh, their kind of things comes to a crescendo with uh, her being in the bower with Bottom. Um, and they all <laughs> go to sleep. Oberon puts the antidote onto Tanya's eyes, so she wakes up, and she's like, something crazy happened. <laughs> and he's like, ha-ha, I did it. Let me go tell you about it. Yeah, and it was, it's, that's where one of my uh, favorite lines of all of Shakespeare is. Me thought I was enamored of an ass. <laughs> I love that. He thought I was enamored of an ass. Well, well a little. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you still kind of are, because Oberon Oberon's is kind a giant of a, ass. He's yeah. like, hey, you just tricked me, and I might have had sex with this donkey guy. I forgive you. Yeah, everyone's just uh, slipping weird things on the ladies. In the fo- Nobody seems to be uh, doing anything about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so at the same point-ish, uh, the antidote gets put on Lysander's eyes, and there's a way to play, and we'll probably, I want to discuss this, because it depends on how you play it. Mm-hmm. It could be put on both Lysander and Demetrius, and that Demetrius wakes up and he really recognizes his real love for Helena, mm-hmm. or he stays under, Yeah, and he doesn't get it put on his eyes. And That's, yep. That's funny, because Kevin actually brought that up, mm-hmm. because he wrote a paper in college about that. And I tried to get him to find it, and he couldn't find oh, it. Man. I was like, we want a college paper so bad. We still want your college papers. Or your high school papers. Um, but oh. he wrote about that very thing, and kind of uh, about, is Demetrius under a spell forever? Yeah. Or, yeah, and it's a direction thing. like. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and I guess acting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody, everybody is back with who they should be with, and so they all settled in to watch Pyramus and Thisbe. <laughs> And it's Which is terrible. so fun. It's so fun. It's a bunch of amateurs putting on a play. Six Shakespeare Community Theater. Shakespeare Community Theater. And it's so funny. It I have never seen it not kill. Like it's always hilarious. Yeah, I feel like even if it's a not that great version of Midsummer, you still get to that scene and it's really funny. Because mm-hmm. it's just very well written. The comedy's there. It's good stuff. And, it, you know, like, Pyramus and Thisbe does feel like Romeo and Juliet, except now it's, like, terrible, hacky production of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and uh, everything goes wrong, and it's just so funny. Like, Bottom's overacting. Flute doesn't want to be playing Thisbe because he has a beard coming. <laughs> They're just a delightful bunch of misfits. Mm. And then at the end, we return to the fairies, and they have long monologues. And then Puck closes us out with one of the more mm-hmm. famous monologues, if we shadows have offended. Think but this and all, mend it, yeah. blah, 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 blah. 
I'm like, I know parts of this without even having to look at it. That's I know. how ingrained it just is in all of our brains. Well, yeah, and basically just says, uh, if you don't like what you just saw, hey, it was all a dream. So, yay. Give us a, give us your hands if we be friends and Robin Shelley's. Which is just like asking for applause. I love it. <laughs> just clap for me. Clap, 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 clap. And then everyone's left going, what the fuck just happened? And that's the end. And that's the end. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, I guess we, we mentioned Theseus and Hippolyta get married. Oh, but right. But at the same wedding, uh, Helena and Lysander get married. Nope, Helena and Demetrius get yep. married. Hermia yep. and Lysander. Yeah. Um, and and I, Oberon blesses all of them, and yay, then they sing and dance. Yay, it's a comedy. Um, who's your favorite character? Uh, I probably actually... If I'm going comedy wise, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Bottom. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just funny, and I think would be fun to play. Like, I, f- I feel like for an actor, that would be a really fun. Um, of the women, it's hard for me to choose. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I really love any of them. I don't think you have to. Because Titania's just too flowery. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hippolyta, just because she's kind of like whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I have to marry this idiot. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with Bottom. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, I think I know who you're. Who do you here. think I'm gonna say? Puck. Nope. <gasps> uh, I love Puck. I yeah. love Puck. But I fucking love Peter Quince. Oh. I love Peter Quince so much. <laughs> I love him uh, just uh, to the end of the earth. Just because he's the one who's like, guys, <laughs> can we get it together? Just wants to put on the fucking play, <laughs> and no one will help. It's like. For me, it reminds me of like I love it. being in an like trying to do an improv set like yes. with fucking Chris and Justin and like all of these spazzy it's improvisers. Like cats. Yep, it's like herding cats, and you're just like, can we just can we just do the thing? Can we just do the thing? Oh my god! But he also like likes Bottom. Like I think he like Bottom. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. Like, yeah, he's got fanboy of Bottom. Um, it, that I was my. That. And, so I have to just comment though because my track in that in that school tour of Midsummer was Aegeus, but we did it as Hermia's mom. Oh, right. That's so I, why you were all dressed Lucille Bluth. Yes. So I played it like Lucille Bluth. Um, I know it's a bird. I'm on the phone. <laughs> how, wait, was, how baby Theseus, our renowned duke. Um, so she was basically like Hermia's it. mom as Lucille Bluth. And then I did. I got to do Bot Puck and Quince. And it was oh, fun. So much fun. That's a fun track. Yeah, and he's just, like, very, very uptight. And, like, yeah. I loved him and Justin Walvard played bottom and like and Aww. and he played my Oberon so oh, I had this okay. wonderful like clown relationship with Justin during that whole show he was nice. so fucking funny nice. I loved it um but yeah Quince is my favorite character I just respect him he's just trying to put on the fucking play <laughs> can we just <laughs> no you cannot play all the characters no no you have to play the girl Yes, you have to come to rehearsal tomorrow night. I don't care if your friend got tickets to see a show. <laughs> God damn it. We said we were going to rehearse, and we're rehearsing. We are rehearsing in the woods. Uh, I'm sorry you can't find a ride. You should have thought of that beforehand. Uh, are you high right now? Oh, oh my fuck. God, God, I love it. it. I'm going to call you Quince now. Thank you. That's, I feel like him. Uh, who gets your sucks to, the, sucks to your asthma award? I, mm, I think my sucks to your asthma award... It, well, Demetrius is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like Demetrius oh, yeah. just sucks. He's just a douchebag. He's just a douche. He's a funny douche. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know how I feel about it at the end. I don't know if I like want him to have the potion taken off his eyes, or if I want him to be under a spell. Like fuck you, you, you get to, you get what you deserve. Right. I mean, he's kind of like Proteus, like he from Two Jets. Yes. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. very much like that. Yeah, like not a good dude. But also, Helena comes on way too strong, Dan. Like, have some self-respect. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's gets your ass, Mar? Um, Aegeus. Oh, yeah. Oh, duh. Because <laughs> he's, like, you don't have to be this this much of an asshole dad. Yeah, I mean, both like, guys. Like, it's kind of what starts the whole thing. Yeah, if he wasn't a dick, they wouldn't have had to run off to the woods. Yeah. Um, but also, I have, a, I have a dislike of Titania. I don't, yeah. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, I, I it's a weird. She's a weird one to play too. I feel like because mm-hmm. you just monologue a lot, mm-hmm. and then it is funny. Like, haha, she this beautiful fairy woman is in love with a donkey headed yeah. dude. But you're also like, well, that's not super f- okay. Well, and I don't love. 
I, I guess Oberon gets a little shit here too because I think that's a really shitty prank to play on your wife. Yeah, right. I'm gonna make her fall in love with somebody else and have sex with donkey. Isn't that gonna be hilarious? It's gonna be so funny. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, everybody's not as universally terrible as <laughs> things we've read recently, so that's nice. Yeah, everyone doesn't suck. I think there's more people to like yeah. than people to dislike in this, which, which is, is not fantastic. Not I know. Um, uh, and, oh, I so my senior year of college, the very last class I had, one of my very last classes I had to take for my theater degree was like an acting styles class, and we studied, we did Greek stuff that we did Shakespeare and we had to do a scene and I just remember that myself and three of my friends we picked like the final lovers choral scene but we were all it was our senior year so we were just all so checked out and over it and I just remember I think we all like partied too hard the night before and the four of us just all coming in hungover as hell like trying to do this scene and it was not pleasant but that um but that memory came rushing back when I was doing this (laughs) Well, I uh, one of my first college audition class, well, auditions is I had to do a monologue of Shakespeare monologue. So I literally like opened up one of those stupid monologue books. Yes. And the first one in there is Helena. I got. I th- was it a yellow book? Yep. Because I did that monologue. How too. happy some or other some, some can, can be. Yep. Ugh. Through Athens, I have found his fair Yep. So yep. for me, I'm like that's so funny. Never do that speech, actresses. No. I, like. We all know it's from a book. We all know it's from a book. And I also did another one from that book. I think it was from Look Back in Anger. And that was the one of the first times I've gotten the thank you halfway through a monologue. Oh, snap. I don't think I got time. I think my selections were just so bad, and I sucked so much doing them no. that I got a thank you. Oh, oh what were you going to say, though, about the, uh, the version in the club? Oh, so uh, when I went to New York, right... I think it was spring break during senior year, junior year, one of my years of college. There was an immersive midsummer in in a 70s like style disco, but it was called the Donkey Show. <laughs> I should not have said that when Lauren is taking a drink of iced coffee. <laughs> that iced coffee almost ended up on your computer. Oh my god. So yeah, it was called the Donkey Show. So you had to be really careful to put in the web address was www.thedonkeyshow.com. Don't just put in donkey show. Don't miss that V. Because if you're doing that in your college computer lab trying to research what shows to see, Whoa. it's not going to turn out well. So it was this crazy immersive midsummer. It was really cool. Like, yeah. That was one of the first things I'd ever seen in New York. And I was like, this is cool. Nice. Um, so oh, yeah, I'm glad it was show. a cool, I'm glad it turned out to be a cool mm-hmm. version of it. I remember they, they did it at my college, but it was the year after I graduated. So, hey, any fellow UNC alums, if you were in this version, but they said it in Vegas. Because Kevin was even in it. He had to sub in it for, like, a weekend. Cause, Who did Kevin play? Um, I and It was nobody. I think he was a fairy, but they had, like, bale fairies. He's like, all I remember was that I was covered in glitter. Was it Starling? Because we talked so much shit about Starling. I mean, Starling. probably. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Um, but, yeah, they did that at UNC in Vegas, so. They did it at CU Boulder the year after I graduated. Oh. So I also didn't get to be in it. Same. Yeah. yeah. And this one, the one at CU was all female, which I thought was fun. Oh, that's a bummer. You missed that. I know, right? Like, yeah. Because the boys in this are fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the girls in this are fun. Yeah. My favorite part, actually, is the lover's quarrel. I think. Um, it's a good scene. Yeah. It's a really good scene. It's comically written, per- like, perfectly. It's mm-hmm. really well done. It's and It <clears throat> usually kills when it's done. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. It's a good scene for all four of them. Um, I think one of my favorite parts is still when they perform Pyramus in this piece. It's so fucking funny. And, like, <sighs> you know, what we've talked about before, like, okay, yeah, this is a toga play, but I've rarely seen it in togas. Like, it's set in Vegas, like you just said. or yeah, somewhere crazy. The first version I ever saw of this was in 1996 at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival, directed by Joel Fink, and I still remember it because they said it in the 1950s. Oh. And... It was the first time, like, I'd really seen Shakespeare done like that. And so my tiny little college, or heading into college brain was like, it's so good. And one of my favorites was in the play within a play, the guy playing Moonshine was sort of like, uh, he had a television on his head, so he kind of looked like an old-timey newscaster. Oh, and that's kept, fun. Yeah, so he kept announcing everything, but he also kept saying it, Ninny's Tomb. Because um, Ninny's Tomb was, you know, of course, a recurring thing, and you had everybody yell Ninus Tomb, and he just goes, this just in, Ninus Tomb. 
And like <laughs> I appreciate the ad libbing in that scene. Like when you can That's funny. Because if you pick a strong concept, whatever they're doing for the play within a play, like the one we did, Shakespeare in the parking lot, was set really in the truck. The mechanicals were mechanics. It was oh, every mother's okay. son auto shop. And so the play within I a play used all um, automotive shit. Like the lion had those spongy things to make his mane and like uh, he stabbed himself with a windshield scraper. Like it, <laughs> I think when you kind of sculpt that into the world, it's so cool. No, that you're right. That's smart. Uh, but I went with my high school boyfriend. He took me to see that. And I was like, Aww. you are a good boyfriend. That was a very good boyfriend. So I have a disquestion. Do you have your disquestion? I do. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, you want me to go first? You can ask me first. So my disquestion is, uh, who if, if, you, if you got the flower in your eye and some, they made you fall in love with somebody, who would be the worst possible person? Oh, no. I don't even want to say what my what the first thing that popped into my head was. Oh no, okay. I think even worse than that, I'll say mm-hmm. his son, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> that fucking idiot. Because not only is he gross, he's a total moron, and then I would be stuck with this absolute disgusting moron. Oh god. That's like I'd rather fall in love with an actual ass, like a dog, a for for real donkey would be better. Like you'd have a nice furry face. Yeah, at least I could like. Yeah. Oh. yeah. oh, God, that would be awful, right? I think I'm going to throw up. I'm really sorry. I wish I hadn't said that, but I just had to speak the truth. Mm. Um, How about you? Well, I'm just taking anyone from politics out of it. Because yeah. honestly, the same fills anyone in the Trump family. Fucking Ted Cruz. Ew, ew, <gasps> ew. Oh, God. Uh, fa- oh, gross. But we mine would fear in our own hearts. I know. This, this question just got dark. <laughs> mine is James Franco. Fuck that. Ah! That'd be terrible. Oh, my God. So I'll know something has gone horribly wrong if I ever see you, like, walking around with James Franco. Yeah. Like, Jess, you're under the influence. If I ever, if we ever go hiking and I decide to take a nap off trail (laughs) and I wake up and I'm in love with James Franco, you fucking find that antidote flower and you put it in my eyes. Well, especially because I really don't think it would be, like, too much to assume that it might be possible that James Franco would just be randomly wandering around the woods. (laughs) Not wearing shoes, yeah. just being like, hey, trees, hey, James Franco. I'm here to commune with you. I was oh. in 127 hours. There's Wait. that lady. Maybe she'll wake up and be in love with me. Let's see. <laughs> Here's some weird fucking flower. <laughs> That's not outside the realm of possibility for James Franco. <laughs> it's really not. Now, other side of that question, if somebody had, in a world where there are no husbands, because of course the answer would be our husbands. Oh, well, 100%. In an alternative, alternative reality where there are no husbands, uh, if somebody had to have flour in their eyes and fall in love with you. See, this is actually, I think this was sort of similar to, oh, no, 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 it's oh, okay. not my disquestion. Okay. If someone could fall in love with me. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, John Ham. <laughs> John Ham. Oh, hi, John Ham. Oh, hey, John Ham. <laughs> oh, it's so weird that you're in love with me. I wonder what possibly happened to you. I don't know. I don't know. But don't, don't look in my garden. It's just so weird. I did just, not just go just to don't a ever bank go out where there. the wild time grows. Close your eyes for just a second. Just John Hamm, can you fall asleep real quick? <laughs> You're like a fan event. Hey, John Hamm, can you sign my autograph? Also, can you fall asleep? Can you just, just lay down quick. and fall asleep just for just a, a second? Quick nap. <laughs> How about you? Well, I bet I know your answer. Uh, what do you think I'm going to say? Currently starring in Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> now that I think of this question, this question also sounds really creepy. I know. Because you don't know any of those people. I know. So I'm like, if somebody did flower juice Aaron Tveit, I don't know if I, like, you just know somebody. Would I just be like, you're in love with me. Can you just always sing? Well, yeah, because he'd be in love with you, so yeah. he would do whatever. He would do whatever. And then that, no, that, and then that freaks me out, because I'm like, well, whatever your personality, what if I made a mistake? But I, like, I think you'd be okay yeah, with it. Yeah, and you can at also least just sing. a little while. Yeah, yeah. And this is a fictional alternate universe where there are no husbands, so things are already weird. I know. Uh, okay, what's your question? Um, mine is, it's kind of along the same lines, but it's, um, would you, oh, who could, okay, if you could put a put potion on someone and have them turn into an animal, who would you put it on? And what animal would they turn into? Oh, my God. <laughs> um... Who would I put it on, and what animal would they turn into? Okay, uh, I 
would put, oh, let me think. They can, they'll, they will return back to their human form eventually. Okay. Uh, this isn't permanent. I, I would put it on, <laughs> I would put it on Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic and I would turn him into a killer whale and he would just jump up from the sea and come smashing down on that door and sink her. Like, bitch, you should have let me on the door. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> it's so specific. It has a purpose. I love it. Who would you? Oh, no. I don't know that I'll ever, I won't ever be able to top that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. I would, uh, I would, uh, oh, wait. We'll just have lots of stuff to cut out. Oh, I would, okay, so uh, I would, <laughs> because I think she would enjoy this, I would um, turn my, one of my best friends, Kristen, because she just moved, so I would turn her into a bird, and then that way she could fly back when she wants oh, and visit. Oh, that's nice. Plus, I think she'd enjoy being a bird. I think so. And then she could, like, see things from yeah. high and tell you some stuff. Yeah. So, Kristen, if you're listening, if you'd like to be a bird, let's uh, go find some magic potion. Do it. That sounds great. Yeah. Why the fuck did we have to read this? Um, I mean, I think it's a good example of... I think it's the best example, especially for school-age children, of Shakespearean comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're, if, if you're reading plays at all at those ages, it's a good... Show to show the structure from that early on. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I think I would hazard to say it's the quote unquote best Shakespeare comedy. It's not hard to do if a school wants to do it. It's right. easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Like kids understand fairies, they like them. Like the supernatural magic. Like mm-hmm. little girls are like, I can wear fairy wings. Cool, sign me up. Yeah, and it doesn't get too deep, but if you want to delve deeper into it, you can, but it can be done really on all levels. Yeah. So, yeah, it's totally it's totally understandable to me that this one everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good gateway in because it's yeah. pretty easy to digest. Yeah. You know, there's difficult stuff in it, like language-wise, because it's Shakespeare. But yeah. you get there's like, all those damn monologues. Well, and also, like, Hermia <laughs> and Helena, those names are so similar. Like, come on, Shakespeare, stop that. Yeah, that is a weird Myla choice. and Olivia, like, he always has these similar-sounding names. Why are you doing that? To confuse us. Um, so I remember, this is crazy, so the main movie version of it that's come out, that came out, came out in 1999, which was my senior year of high school, and we're not going to talk about the fact that that was now 20 years ago, but I remember going to see it, and that's the one, I mean, the cast is ridiculous, Stanley Tucci plays Tut, Kevin Klein's in it, Michelle Pfeiffer, Calista Flockhart, for some reason, um, totally Christian forgot, Sam, yeah, totally forgot Sam Rockwell was in it, so um, Lauren came over and we started watching that today, oh yeah, before, before, um, before we recorded, we watched just the mechanical scene because I we couldn't find it. We're like, of course it's going to be streaming somewhere for free, but it, it wasn't. wasn't. So we didn't do a full rewatch. So she's like, you should see Pyramus and Thisbe. You should see Sam Rockwell do Francis Flute slash Thisbe. So we're watching it, and I'm like, holy shit, Christian Bale's in it. I forgot Christian Bale's in this. And then we flashed to Lysander and Hermia, and I was like, who's that? And she goes, Dominic West, Dominic Weist. And I'd shove a piece of pizza in my mouth. <laughs> And then I realized where I've recently seen Dominic West. So I started screaming, it's Jean Valjean! It's Jean Valjean! But at the same time, Kevin Klein was laying on the ground as dead uh, pyramus because he plays bottom. And my mouth is full of pizza. And she's going, it's Jean Valjean! And Lauren's like, yeah, that is Kevin Klein. That is Kevin Klein. (laughs) And I was like, no. So I have to swallow my pizza. And I was like, no, it's Jean Valjean! I got real excited. It was like the old uh, Aaron Burr uh, commercial. (laughs) Where he, she had, he had peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, um, you guys should watch Dominic West in the BBC. Uh, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, and now Jess wants to see <laughs> Jean Valjean and Batman fight because they want to watch the Lovers Quarrel now. Because it's fucking Christian Bale in a Batman costume. Christian and Dominic Bale, West. Batman. Dominic West just is like angry convict Jean Valjean. <laughs> and let's have Calista Flockhart just be in like one of her Ally McBeal fucking like 90s like, power suits. Yeah, just standing there all skinny, like frowning. And then who plays Hermia? Some some girl. I already forget. Anyway, whatever. But yeah, we're in a Batman and Jean Valjean fight and in the woods, and it's going to make sense. Uh, I, I liked that version. It was fine. 
Yeah, whatever. I mean, Helena wrote a bike, I think. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and I didn't think there were any Simpsons references. Jessica did find one, which we'll talk about in a second. But I did find that there's an episode from season 22, which is crazy, um, called A Midsummer's Nice Dream. But it's about Cheech and Chong. So it has nothing to do with Shakespeare. But I found one later on in, like, season 22 or 23 uh, that has a nice Pyramus and Thisbe thing because Lisa meets Michael Sarah, an animated version of Michael Sarah, through a hole in a wall, and she wants to go out with him, and Marge is like, I don't want to. So they tell the story of Pyramus and Thisbe. Yeah. Um, So there is that. We'll listen to that clip right here. But you and this Nick fella sound to me like the story of Pyramus and Thisbe. Which inspired Romeo and Juliet, which inspired West Side Story, which inspired me to say, ech. It's later, Simpsons. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. It's still on. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, What are we going to do next? Just another Les Mis? Yeah, I don't know. Mm, the summer's going to get a little wacky, although I think we'll be able to fit something in in May yeah. for sure. Well, let's let's say it is going to be Les Mis book yeah. two next time. Yes, uh. yes. And then we might squeeze something else in as well. Yeah, before I go away. Oh, we didn't even talk about what we're reading right now. What are you reading right now? I'm almost done with Becoming, finally, with Michelle Obama's yes. book. I have like 50 pages left, you guys. This has been like three months of my life. You can do it. Um, not because it's difficult to read at all, just because I don't ever have time. I started listening to I'll Be Gone in the Dark Again. I want to listen to it. Because I've heard that the audiobook is really good. It's really, really good. And I loved reading that book. Um, well, the audiobook narrator is Gabra Zachman, who's done work here at the Denver Center. Before, oh. And she's apparently super cool. So. That's nice. Yeah, she's neat. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you haven't started Lame Is yet... <laughs> Get on that. A, watch the BBC miniseries because it's horrifying. Yes, it's finally just started here. Yes, so check it out. Uh, Episode one is pretty much book one. Um, Oh, yeah, so see, you could just watch that to catch up. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's on my DVR. Um, Just sent me a horrifying picture of Fontaine. Yeah, no teeth, blood everywhere. God, it gets dark. Um, And, yeah. So I guess uh, all we can do is stay gold, Hippolyta. (laughs) Stay gold, G.S., you terrible father. Stay gold, Peter Quince. I hope you can put on that play, my friend. Stay gold, all you fairies who have different names, but (laughs) you're all the same to me. Stay gold, the other mechanicals who are boring and Robin Starling. (laughs) Stay gold, Helena and Hermia, whichever ones you are. Oh, stay gold, Puck, you mischievous little shithead. Yes, stay gold, Jessica. Stay gold, Lauren. Thank you for listening to Required Readcast. If you enjoyed the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a rating and or review. We're also available on Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at REQ Readcast. Required Readcast is produced by Sexpot Comedy. Theme music and lyrics by Max McEwen and Noah Evan Wilson. Vocals by Aaron C. Willis. Stay gold, bookworms! I'm going to try one of these weird jelly beans. That sounds delicious. Let's see if they're good or if they just taste like weird old ice cream. How's it taste? Mmm. It tastes like a lemon jelly bean.